0: You've reached Adrienne Barr, and thank you for joining me for another episode of I Was About to Say. This was going to be a little different, um, because I'm going to talk about something that apparently has been removed from our lexicon, especially in America, and it's been bothering me a lot lately. I don't know, probably bothering a lot of people in a lot of places. And that dirty word, apparently, is victim crime victim in particular, has anybody else noticed or is it just me that, yeah, crime is kind of out of control in this country and no one's being honest or no one's really having a lot of open discussions about what's happening. And I'm not talking about just petty crime, truly petty crime like jaywalking. Um, or someone driving with one busted tail light in the daylight, I'm talking about real crime, smash and grab, theft, um, carjackings are off the chain everywhere. People are it, our humanity chip is really broken in this country, and it's not a political thing. you can't blame it on the Democrats and you can't even necessarily blame it on the Republicans or any other political party. There's something fundamentally wrong with who we are as a people right now. And I don't know how to fix it because we just seem to be digging the hole deeper and deeper, just like global warming. We just can't seem to help ourselves. But the fact that no one can say victim of crime or crime victim especially in our legal and law enforcement community, it really bothers me. Now, part of the reason for that, at least from my own um, vantage point, is criminal justice reform. Many of us, particularly after the death of George Floyd, but, but to be honest, before then, it really goes back to um, Kaepernick. We really wanted to see petty crime, and people who were not given due process to have those opportunities in the criminal justice system. I can't say that I've personally been in the criminal justice system, but I can say that I am deeply disturbed when I see someone get shot in the back for having a busted tail light because he's chased for that. Or, you know, you see a kid who's standing in the middle of a street in Chicago with a knife and he gets executed. Or a man who is in New York selling some illegal cigarettes, or allegedly illegal cigarettes, whether they were or they were not. Neither one of them tried to overthrow the country, and none of those people got shot or killed. So, you know, those were the kind of things, those kind of minor infractions, relatively minor, Those were the things that I wanted to see criminal justice corrected. People going to jail for library fines and and even jaywalking in some places. But what's happened instead is a perversion of the criminal justice reform that many of us initially supported. But I don't think I'm the only person who is really struggling right now with what we're really seeing. With bail reform, we were thinking about Khalil Browder in New York, who was in jail at Rikers for a backpack, allegedly that he had stolen a backpack, which he denied. That's the kind of person who should not be in jail on bail, who should be given personal recognizance. But instead we're seeing serial killers, People who have committed murders before, manslaughter before, rape before, violent crime, and they're getting bail. That wasn't what I had in mind. And, you know, I'm very thankful that New York City now has Mayor Adams, who is finally bringing some sanity, um, not only to New York City, but hopefully to the national conversation around criminal justice reform. No one wanted to trade safety for people who are in jail for library fines. Those two things are incongruent, and that's not what we asked for. But as we look at what's happened, in so many places that you see people who argue for criminal justice reform, it's always from the vantage point of criminals. And I have a problem with that. And again, maybe it's just me, but I doubt it. Um, I think there are a lot of people who aren't speaking out because of the social media backlash. The you know, anytime you say anything in the twisted world we're in right now, if you say something about a criminal, that's almost that's politically incorrect. If you even mention a victim, ironically, that's become politically incorrect as well. Think about it. When was the last time you saw major legislation supporting the rights of victims, victim notifications, um, appropriate sentencing? As far as I'm concerned, if you take a life and the evidence is clear and there really is no back and forth, if you take a life, a life sentence should mean a life sentence. A life sentence today actually means about 10 years. And if they're on good behavior, they might get five, five to 10, plus a Georgetown degree. Pretty good. (laughs) Um, That's not what the rest of us are getting. And that's not what the people left behind are getting, the victims. And you look in our inner cities, you look everywhere. It's not just the inner city anymore. It's suburbia too. But you look everywhere and crime is spiking it is off the chains and it's not just about COVID-19. It's, it's about the decay of our society. And the fact that we have turned what should have been acts of compassion into almost dereliction of our criminal justice system when it comes to protecting victims and when it comes to protecting the most vulnerable in our communities Um, I think you'd be hard pressed. We don't talk to our elderly often, people who are often preyed upon, and children certainly don't have a voice. But women, especially black women, are caught in the middle. And the next podcast is going to be about Lauren Smith Fields, a young woman who died under highly suspicious circumstances in Connecticut, but we probably won't ever know the truth of her death. Because the there was no investig no substantive investigation at the beginning that should have happened to capture evidence to do a credible investigation of whether or not she voluntarily took drugs that led to her death, or if her drinks had been spiked and she potentially was a victim of date rape or something else. We will never know those answers for sure. But you as I hear, you know, the prosecutor in New York, you see, you hear and you see so much about, you know, we need to protect the criminals. We need to protect, give everybody a second chance. And in some cases that's warranted. In some cases it's not, as far as I'm concerned. But we just don't see or hear people talking about the rights of victims. What about the children the victim left behind? What about the family they left behind? What about the victim's life? Together, I heard a, a newscast recently, and um, it was about people breaking into cars and um, carjackings and you know, people literally being shot at in their driveways um, by people attempting to steal their cars. And it was assumed that there was no harm or foul to the victims because they weren't actually hurt because they weren't actually shot as if the psychological trauma the emotional trauma that they endured doesn't matter that's okay um it's okay to let people repeatedly continue to create this havoc on society with no recourse um I, as I, you know, decide and I look at, you know, upcoming elections, and it's really hard because we've got one party that doesn't see my humanity at all as a black woman, um, as an African American deserving of voting rights, deserving of equal opportunities in this country. But then I have the other party who also doesn't see my humanity, who doesn't see my right to safety, my right to living a life, um, mine and so many thousands of others, who should have a right to reasonable safety. You know, there was you know, last year this time, a year before last, you know, there were still the people chanting, um, defund the police. That's something I've never supported and never will. I certainly think we need to reform some police um, organizations, but some overcorrected um, I live in a place where, quite frankly, I think they overcorrected um, in many areas. But, you know, there are other places where, you know, yeah, it's clear. If you've got police officers body slamming young girls in Texas at pool parties, there's something very wrong. You know, if you have people being shot in the back again because of a busted taillight, there's something very wrong. But how do you hamstring the police so much that we're seeing these? ambushes. Now, you know, two awful ones in the last month. And in some places, the police are literally afraid to even use their weapons to protect themselves. There was a situation in um, Connecticut um, last year where a police officer was afraid to shoot at someone who clearly aimed their car at him and, um, and could have killed him. But he was afraid of the repercussions if he had shot the person. There's something very wrong with that so-called criminal justice reform. Um, and because we were able to see all of that on body cam, that officer never should have been afraid to shoot. I'm one of those people who when I see a police shooting, I do look at the details. And I do make an a rational decision as to whether or not it looks like the shooting was justified. Would a reasonable person do it? or was it something that was nefarious? And a lot of shootings and the police are the police, they will have to use their guns sometimes to protect their own lives and to protect our lives. Um, And I think somehow we have to find the middle ground and we have to find the relationship building because that's where victims are truly going to be seen and heard again, Um, you know, even in black churches, because I go to black churches, so I'm going to talk about black churches, black churches, you know, like to champion criminal justice reform. But a couple of times I have shared back where do victims fit into this? Where do victims of domestic violence fit into your championing of clear the jails and let everybody out? Because under your rhetoric, everybody's in jail for no reason, which is complete BS and we all know it. But where do black women and children fit into this? Would they agree with you that the person who caught harm them needs to be let out of jail? Um, Or or are we really getting to the point that a victim is a bad word? Victims will be apologizing to the people who caused them harm in probably the next five to 10 years If we don't have some significant changes in our perspective, in the paradigm, that balances and balances safety with true justice. That gives people who are deserving of a second chance, based on what they've done, a legitimate second chance, who holds people accountable for heinous crimes, murders, rapes. They get the true accountability that they're supposed to have. When you look at so many of the horrific cases that finally rise to the level of state or national attention, 9.5 times out of 10, that person has already committed a similar crime to the one that they're now elevated you know, to national attention for. They had done it before, sometimes more than once. Even some of them, you know, several I have seen in the past year had actually killed people. And they're walking amongst us and, you know, because of this bleeding heart sentiment that's happening. So I really challenge everyone to start holding our elected officials accountable for our safety. Um, We don't hate the police. We want the police to be partners We want bad police removed. We want rogues immediately um, taken out and decertified. But we don't want all police treated that way. And we certainly want to make sure that we are calibrating criminal justice reform in a way that is victim-centric and in a way that does not make victims look like the bad guys. I you know, and I say that particularly when I look at the anti-Asian hate in New York City. Anyone who really looks closely at what's happened, it hasn't stopped. There are two things, kinda like other things that we see with data. There are two things that are happening. One, we know that anti Asian hate is underreported, and it's underreported likely for good reason, because you see that nothing happens to the people who actually perpetrate these crimes. They're often not charged with hate crimes when they should be charged with both state and local hate crimes as well as federal hate crimes every single time, and there should be mandatory jail sentences for them. But we don't see that happening. It rarely happens. Then there's the other thing of the mental health component. I am an advocate of people getting the mental health support they need to live viable lives. But the reality as well is not everybody wants to access the mental health support that they need. And a lot of people who we see, there is, I do believe in the criminally insane. Yes, it is possible for someone to have mental mental incapacity but to also have criminal culpability. And a lot of times with the anti-Asian hate, we're seeing a lot of pressure on the Asian community to not prosecute, to not want justice because the person claims to have had some sort of mental break at the time they committed the crime. Once that person is given their medication and given their treatment, they need to be held criminally accountable. Um, Because when you protect black people as black people, we want everyone to be compassionate about us. We would not be here had it not been for a rainbow coalition um, with the civil rights movement. We need to return that same love to other communities if all of humanity is to survive. And I'm just not seeing that. And it makes me angry. It makes me angry because I have Asian people in my family and I want them to be safe. And I do worry about them. Um, But I also just think about just in general how we're kind of on our own right now in this country. And we have to really look at legislation and put pressure on politicians to make some serious changes and make them fast or maybe... We vote differently going forward because we, we we shouldn't be forced to choose a racist or choose safety. I'm not sure which side I need to go on at this point because it's really I need to live safely and I want to get home and know that my home is safe. But I also don't want to be treated like I am a second-class citizen. So... That's what I'm thinking about right now. I wonder what you're thinking about. And and I really want you to look at your churches, at your politicians, at your DAs. Just see how often you hear a sermon about victims of crime. See how often you hear anything about restoring rights or college education or anything for people who have been victimized by crime and by criminals. Think about it. Take care.